This episode of For the Love with Jen Hatmaker is brought to you by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. They can be big, difficult, even scary life things, and also small inconveniences that add up day after day. The thing is, when we keep them all bottled up on the inside and just try to grin and bear it, it can start to affect us and the people around us negatively. We may even isolate ourselves, which makes it even worse. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. This was the case for me when I was at the highest stress level in my life, where the stress was even having physical consequences for me. Therapy was a huge part of my healing journey to learn how to manage the stress. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash for the love today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash for the love. Have you ever noticed how celebrities have brighter, whiter looking eyes? Their makeup artists have a little secret in their kit. Lumify Redness Reliever Eye Drops. You guys, I use these every single day. Lumify dramatically reduces redness in just one minute. It literally happens right before your eyes to help them look brighter, whiter, and more awake for up to eight hours. No wonder it is so loved by influencers, celebrities, and makeup artists and has over 6,000 five-star reviews on Amazon. Lumify is also the number one eye doctor recommended redness reliever eye drop and it's FDA approved. No bleach, no dyes. Plus it's made by the eye care experts at Bausch & Lomb. So whether you're on set, on a date, or running on just a few hours of sleep, you can have eyes that look brighter and whiter with Lumify eye drops. And when you try it, you'll see that it is what your eyes have been looking for. So check out lumifyeyes.com to learn more. Hey everybody, Jen Hatmaker here. Welcome to the show, you guys. Uh, we are heading into our third episode of this wonderful compilation of conversations we had over on Kelly Corrigan's podcast. And we've added some bonus content from me. Hi, I'm the bonus content with some new thoughts and takeaways from those amazing discussions. We're calling this series for the love of conversations with Jen and Kelly, because no surprise here, Kelly is one of my favorite people on the whole planet. She is. She's lived some life. She has receipts and man, Gosh, does she have a warm and smart and big hearted way of looking at the world? Truly, truly. I want to be Kelly Corrigan when I grow up. So if you've been with us for the first two episodes of the series, and by the way, if you haven't immediately go back and pick up both. These are just such good conversations. Of course, we're hearing back from you. We know that you love them too. Like don't miss any, any here because you got to hear us wax about change in the first episode and how, and all that comes with that. And then friendship was the topic of our second episode, how we need it, how we maintain it, shift with it, grow it, especially in adulthood. It's been really, really good stuff. And as it happens, when you have some ongoing conversations with deeply thinking people like Kelly, things tend to get even deeper. And that is the case for this episode, for sure. She and I are going real deep, actually, because in this episode, we're talking about the things that we believe. And the truths we've learned as we've moved through the years 
and which ones we hold dear. Man, it's a beautiful thing to gain experience, isn't it? Like, I wouldn't go back for a million years. It's a wonder to learn as you move through the world, even if those lessons are hard won and hands down, ton of them are. I think it's a beautiful and redemptive thing to take a step back and high level the playing field you are on in the season and see if everything that makes up you, all the stories you tell yourself about your life and other people and what happened to you and even about your own self, does that, that work, that work of examination, of evaluation, of of self-honesty, that makes you a more integrated person. And in my experience, that's a muscle that gets easier to flex the older that you get. Oprah was right, y'all. She was always right. Life is a classroom. Beliefs get tested and retested, just like a scientist tests a hypothesis in a lab. Like, is this Is this what I know about myself and the people around me and the people across the world and throughout history? Is all that true? Is there a different lens I could use to look at this situation? Is there a different perspective? Chances are, yes, there is. Because life is a kaleidoscope and turns out, I mean, turn it sideways just a little and it it turns into something else, something just as beautiful, maybe even more beautiful. I loved what Kelly and I talked about in this conversation. I did. I loved what she had to say about not being the smartest person in the room and what she's learning from her beautiful 18 and 20 year old daughters, even as she rolls her eyes at them sometimes because kids are dumb and they haven't had as much experience as us. And someday they'll be rolling their eyes at their own children. And this is called the circle of life, but out of the mouths and babes and all that, they do have so many things to teach us. That's been true in my life too. Our babies have a a pretty unique and special way of looking at the world in the generation that they are embedded in. And I actually love hearing their hot takes. Even if I know on some of this, they'll change their minds, but also even as they're helping me change mine more than anything, I came away from this conversation. I think just feeling hopeful When I am reminded of the North stars that guide us, like the truth that binds us and shows the way forward, even if it looks a little different than it used to for me, I'm comforted by that. I'm comforted that there are smart, kind, curious, and humble people in the world. Even when everything appears to be a dumpster fire, it's not, at least not completely. I'm grateful for the ones who, even if their impulse is to give into a snap judgment, they choose to go with curiosity instead. This is a concept I am obsessed with about being not so much a certain person in this life, like one who just walks around in complete certainty all the time, but one who walks around in curiosity. I'm noticing that those are the people I'm most drawn to that are open-handed when it would be more instinctual to be close-handed. I feel safer with people like that. And then when I find myself reaching for that impulse, it makes me more expansive because I'm able to let in new people, new ideas, new concepts, new ways of thinking, new experiences that I might've just shut myself off to a decade ago. I admire women who have blazed a trail before us and shown us how just to be a kick-ass old lady who gives much, much fewer Fs than she used to and how freeing that is. I'm reminded that vulnerability kicks shame to the curb. It does. It is the antidote and it binds us together, honestly, almost more than anything else. 
I'm gushing right now. These are little snippets from this conversation. So I'll stop, but Oh, did I enjoy this discussion with Kelly? It just filled me up so much. And I think it will you too. So don't forget this, you guys, beliefs are who you are. They matter because you matter. They will change and grow and shift with time, just like they're supposed to, right? You're not the same person you were, and you're not the same person you'll be. And that is wonderful. That's perfectly wonderful. You're right where you're supposed to be in this moment. Anyway, loved this conversation with Kelly. I hope you do too. So with that, let's take away Kelly Corgan, everybody. Hey, Jen Hatmaker, thanks for coming back. I am so happy to be here. So today I wanted to talk about beliefs that we hold dear and we can each share a reading too. And I, I thought maybe we'd try to come up with five, like five things that yeah. we really believe. So if you want, I'll get us started. Yeah, let's do it. I can't wait to hear this. So a thing I believe in over time is that it's really hard to change some things. Like, for instance, education. Like, I think there have been so many dollars, theories, strategies that have been poured into education. And I don't know that it's so much better than it ever was. In fact, I don't know if it's any better than it was 10, 20, 30 years ago. But where it comes to medical research, I think that those dollars and investments are really worthwhile. So that what I really believe is in collaboration and like Mm. egoless collaboration. And I must say, to bring this back to you, Jen Hatmaker, mm. you are an egoless collaborator. You are one of the easiest mm. people to do a project with. It takes about five texts before yeah. we're like locked, loaded, and ready to go yeah. on tour or on a podcast collab. Yeah. And, you know, people who are easy to do business with, people who are yes people, like that's what I believe in. And collaboration mm. works. And we just saw it, praise God, yes. with the vaccines. Like we saw what happens when science leans in. And to to me, that is like really the best that humanity can deliver is all these people from all these different countries, thousands of scientists who've devoted their lives to the work from all over the globe are sharing all their data such that we could get there faster. Like that is, that's Mm. the best of us. It's like Mm. the opposite of war. That's right. It was a marvel to watch, wasn't it? Oh, it was just so encouraging in a time where there was such a dire need for something good, you know, something inspiring, something that made you think, well, maybe, yes, of course, we can get ourselves into terrible messes. But look, I think we might be able to get ourselves mm. out too. Mm. I remember watching a video of a group of the scientists who had been, you know, essentially working around the clock 24-7 on the vaccine, just put their entire lives on hold to fast track this work. And I remember watching a video when kind of the the final shoe had dropped. It Mm. was so wildly successful, effective. And then it was about to get greenlit by the FDA. And they all just take (laughs) their glasses off and they're just crying and they're hugging. And I just could have sobbed. Like, I think I did sob. Just Thank you. Thank you for what it costs them to do this, to create this. This makes me want to move one of my five up because it's an extension of what you just said. Big shock. We had some of the same ideas. (laughs) Because one of my cherished beliefs is we over me. 
I will go down fighting for this one, that we over me is the way to live, that what is good for everyone is good for the world. I get really excited thinking about what would happen if if we chose we over me in every way, policy, legislation, being a neighbor, every sort of layer of community, our hiring practices. I mean, there's just no end of it. Like, what if we did that collectively? Can you imagine just the creativity and the genius and the brilliance and the innovation that would be unleashed in the world from people who have just been kept silent, yeah. you know, out of out of injustice? How much genius is just untapped? I know. Um, because too much is concentrated at the top. What a world we could be living in if... It's funny, it would benefit us all. And yet people who are powerful don't want to share. They don't want to pull up more seats to the table. They want to hoard it. But in fact, you know, there's so much research that shows that when women are valued, when children are educated, when violence is eradicated in any given culture, when people are fed and stable and empowered, your GDP goes up exponentially. I mean, it's super smart strategy. Like uh, Melinda Gates and I have done a bunch of stuff together and she yep. will say it all day long. And, and I don't think anybody's spent more time with the numbers or on the ground with the people who can say with complete conviction, you educate a woman, you give her financial independence and you'll watch the whole community will rise. They'll be healthier. They'll have longer That's right. lifespans. They'll have more education and they'll have more money. If all you're caring about is money, if you're only looking at it strategically from an economic point of view, it's still the right thing yeah. to do. Even That's if you exactly have no right. morals, it's, it's still <laughs> the right thing. If you have a black heart of stone, yeah, but you just like, communal wealth and a healthy and a safe society and culture. less crime, yeah. Less crime, exactly. And so I love We Over Me so much, but I also, in the same way, I love it in a sense of collaboration, like you just mentioned. Mm -hmm. And I've just learned this. You know, our work in general, yours and mine, it can be isolating. It, we can choose to do our work in a way in which we're just solo artists because we're writers and we're invited to speak sometimes. And a lot of that is just the work of one person. But I've learned throughout my adult life that the sense of banding together and collaborating, working together, putting our brains together, putting our creative ideas together, combining our stories, feeding off of one another, it's only like 1,000 times better. I know. Than this like individual thing. And so I just, uh, I just want to bang this drum all the time because collaboration is possible inside any space, any industry, any career space, any relational space, any community, any subculture, no matter how individualistic the work is, collaboration is always possible. Yeah. I love the idea of sharing the work, sharing the load, sharing the credit. Have you read Ed Catnell's Creativity Inc.? He's the guy who runs mm -mm. Pixar. They have this oh, yeah. process that will take me into my second belief, which is where the these poor, you know, the, the way it's kind of written, you sort of feel sorry for these directors, you know, like Brad Bird or Pete Doctor. And they go into their cave and they work really hard on their piece. And then at some point they share it and they share it with the six other people who are directors at Pixar. Yeah. And they said it's only works because mm. the last time around, you were the person giving the feedback. So That's now good. you can stand to get the feedback. 
because mm-hmm. there's, it's like this tiny circle of trust where it's like, yeah. And the trust is built not on the behavior of the people in the room. The trust is built on the structure of, mm. I'm going to look at your pages. You're going to look at mine. Yeah. I'm going to yes. be the therapist sometimes. I'm going to be the patient other times. Mm. And so I love that. My whole so like reciprocity is like baked in. Yeah. To the whole structure. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And daring to be the one in the hot seat is baked mm-hmm. in and knowing that you won't always be. Like that's this mm-hmm. thing that takes me to this other belief, which came to okay. me through my kids, which is around pity. Mm-hmm. And I just hadn't thought about it that much, but my my daughters oh. often use the words like so-and-so is so condescending. Mm-hmm. And it was like, what does that mean to you? Like, what are you talking about? And then Claire said, you know, sometimes I think that you you have pity for people. And I said, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. And she said, you know, if we're driving and like some old man who's hunched over and four feet tall with a walker is crossing the street and you'll say, oh God, look at that guy. Mm-hmm. And I say, oh, I do feel sorry for him. And And she said, well, you shouldn't. Like, you don't know enough about him to feel sorry for him. Maybe he's having a great life. Maybe his life is full of love and meaning and purpose and and mm. he should feel sorry for you. Like you're making these oh, snap man. judgments. And at first I was like, oh my God, another woke moment with my 20-year-old. Uh, <laughs> which, you know, like that's just so a part of every day, which is cool oh, ultimately. So much same. Yeah. I mean, it's tiring, but it's cool. And I'm sure I'm better for it. And every generation right. does it to the generation above them. And I, I get it. But some days I'm like, oh boy, another lesson from the young ones. <laughs> totally. uh, but anyway, this idea of pity is, I just, I just feel like there you got to be really aware of what stories are being semi-consciously manufactured on the spot when you mm. take someone in only with your eyes. Wow, that's good. I feel a little owned by that comment from your oh, girls. Uh-huh. You know, like... Yeah. Yeah. That's a snap judgment. Like it makes me think of me and you when we are 30 years North of where we are right now. And we're Uh little old hunched ladies. I don't want anybody feeling sorry for us. We're awesome. I think that is the possibility of looking at one another with the most generous eyes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Most generous eyes. Like what story do you have to tell? Like, right. And and just refraining from judgment, the openness or the intellectual humility that's involved in taking a person in, I think we're built to evaluate instantly friend or foe. Like I, I think yeah. that's our evolutionary nature. But, you know, we're not on the savannah anymore. Like we, we can take mm-hmm. a minute to make that judgment. In fact, the longer we can hold off on making that judgment, mm-hmm. maybe the more interesting people and stories will be able to consume in a lifetime. You know, Mm. and then the other thing I think about when I had cancer and I was in chemo and I was 36, I had a kid on each hip and I was bald and I had no eyelashes and no eyebrows. And it was super evident. Even if I wore a hat, a scarf, a wig, you could still tell that something was going on. And everybody was really nice to me. Cancer is a thing you can observe and cheer on. Mm. And then there's so many things that people are going through that are invisible. That's and I good. thought like this time I was getting in an elevator and everybody made this big deal about like stop, you know, sticking their hands out mm-hmm. to stop the doors from closing so that I could get on. Sure. And I thought like, I bet every one of you in, in this elevator could use the same kindness for one reason mm-hmm. or another. That's not evident. Watching you go through this divorce and mm-hmm. 
Like, I, I think it's easy to misunderstand what a person needs yeah. based on their appearance. Cause you, you've literally never looked better, but I'm sure mm-hmm. like you've lost all this weight from total stress yeah. and sleeplessness <laughs> yeah. and whatever. And then all, all of us dummies around you are saying like, <laughs> you look great. Just like withholding judgment and aspiring to be intellectually humble. That, that, oh, that's, that's a belief. So you keep making me put my things out of order because we're going to have to have a natural flow here because one of my other beliefs that I wrote down is that I think humility would fix most broken things. I crave humility so much right now in our culture that Mm. is so disintegrated and so screamy and Mm -hmm. so angry and self-righteous and judgmental. And it's like we've lost our minds. But I noticed that I'm really drawn to leaders of all stripes who say things like, you know, I'm not sure, or I, I think I got this wrong, you know, uh, or... Like heaven. I, oh, it's like, I, it's so rare that it takes me out of my game. I'm like, what? Can you say that? Or like, <laughs> you, you know what? I'm listening. Tell me what you mean by that. Tell me your experience here. Or this sense of humility is missing from our vernacular right now. And I find it missing from our relationships. You know, I kind of come up and have come up historically through a faith space. It's 100% missing from there. Everything's locked down there. There's there's no... It's locked down. Yeah. My eyes like roam two and four searching for humble people. Yeah. The ones who are not necessarily taking up all the oxygen in the room, Uh you know, which is rewarded. That's a re- that's rewarded behavior in all c- our culture to just walk in and be the loudest trumpet in the band, yep. to think you're the smartest person in the room, you have all the answers, your opinion matters more than anybody around you, and you're here to broadcast it. I'm looking for the quieter person. I'm looking for the person who's listening, mm-hmm. who's observing, who's nodding and thinking and being slow to speak, slow to respond, slow to become defensive. You know, defensiveness just ends a conversation just ends it. You know, those tables or, or when you're sitting around sofas and there's the person who is just nodding and listening and absorbing. And then at the end, they say the thing, like the brilliant yeah, thing. That I you love like, that I'm person. Never, and I, I'm never that person. I just want to admit it right now. Like I, <laughs> I love talking. I love, it's like, I'm a verbal learner. Like I have to say it out <laughs> loud. I have to hear it in my own ears to sort of yeah. get my head around it. Yeah, I know. But you know, the truth is when I watch humility work in real time, in a room, inside a discussion, across a table, I'm just reminded that literally none of us have everything exactly right because that's not a thing. There's no such thing as always right and always wrong. I just think we would become so much more interesting as a people if we were able to humbly take in a a person's differing anything, experience or opinion or worry. Those are the people that I want in my life right now. Those are the ones. Well, there's, and they're also the the learners. Like you're either teaching or you're learning. In some ways, Mm -hmm. I, I think about it when I'm in a conversation and I think you already know everything you think. So if you're talking and you're just spouting yeah. off, if you're just saying this thing that you love saying, you've said it 50 yeah. times to 50 different people, it sounds really smart and clever. You kind of get yeah. off on it. They kind of get off on it. It's like working for you as a conversational mm-hmm. rat-a-tat-tat. Great, I guess, except when you leave, you're zero better than you were when you started. That's right. 
Zero That's change. That's exactly right. And the other person got all that. Like, I yeah, love being so the dumbest person in the room. One of my favorite experiences <laughs> my whole life is going to graduate school to get a master's in English literature at San Francisco State University for 600 bucks a semester. Those yeah. people in that program <laughs> were so smart. I can't tell <laughs> you. Amazing. They'd read a thousand pages of Dickens and then they'd read a thousand pages of criticism <laughs> oh about gosh. Dickens. And the way yeah. they talked, I was like, I, I, I scribble. I mean, I would take 16 pages <laughs> of notes and I'd only write on the right-hand side, on the back of the... Of, paper, like on the left-hand side, yeah. I would just write down words I'd never heard before. I love it. I mean, it'd be eight <laughs> words per page that I literally had never heard before. Oh my gosh. That's such a great story. It's I mean, so it's incredible. People, I was like, I can't. People are fascinating. Yes. They really are. Even more and, fascinating and than I, we are. That, can you imagine? <laughs> it's, it's, it's potentially true. And I think that I, I know I can even speak from experience when I'm engaged with a conversation with somebody where I'm feeling kind of hot. Yeah. I'm, I'm coming in hot. It's a thing I care about. It's a thing I'm pissed about. I'm coming in like at level nine and prepared a little for at least a minor brawl. Yeah. And they come at me with humility. Like, they ask me questions like, what scares you about that? All of a sudden, I am just full of way less piss and vinegar. Like right. it, this works. It draws us together. It keeps a conversation moving. It diffuses our fury and our fear. And we just need more of it right now. I I'm know. Just, we just need, I'm dying for some, I'm dying for our leaders to be more like this. I know. Final thought on this is to recognize that Coming in hot is really energizing and taking mm. the I don't know position, I'm a learner in this conversation is mm. so quiet in terms of our yes, internal is. energy. Mm. And I, I, think, I think that's the draw of it is that righteousness is crazy energizing. And I think that's the right. model that is getting rammed down our throat is cable media. And I blame both sides. And I mm. think, turn that off. Like I cannot listen to that. I do not want that in my ear. And yes, so yes. I'd let, maybe we should start a, a TV show together where we just say, <laughs> I don't know, maybe it could be partially mm -hmm. like, that's just not as satisfying as the, like the, the heavy right. clothes of like, let me tell you what happened today exactly on right. the Hill. Right. That's very sexy. That position, it sells, I know. it's hot, it's clicky. Yeah. But I do think it's breaking our collective hearts. Absolutely. And so I, I'm with you. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. Guys, it's already allergy season in Texas. My yard is in full bloom and all the things are in the air. So I decided allergies will not win this year. So I tried Astapro. It has improved my nasal allergy symptoms and it's faster, bro. Astapro is a first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It is the fastest 24 hour over the counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24 hour steroid free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription strength, indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose and sneezing. So get fast acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go, you guys, today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O-allergy.com. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Astapro and go.
Okay, my next thing that I believe in deeply is that if you say something out loud, it cuts the power in half. Like, like if you got some big secret in your heart, mm -hmm. you could just find one person to tell it to. It will, yeah. it almost leads it of its power. I mean, yeah, it, you, should, right. you can almost like lance the thing like a boil and mm. be done with it because mm. it is so incredible how many people in the circle will say me too. Whatever oh, it is, I, like I've been in- It's some, almost 100%. There's always someone else. Even if it's like the craziest thing that you cannot imagine right. another person could have happened to them they could have done, that's they right. could have considered. It's even like sharing a thought you've had that feels like the craziest thought you've ever had that like no other sane person would have had something like this cross their mind. Mm. And then you say it and, and almost every time someone says, oh, I know. <laughs> so good. I, I can't get over how reliable that is in terms of dissipating like a knot of anxiety. And I think people it's are carrying around so much stuff you know, that, that literally every, almost everyone I know has like this horrible thing about themselves that they <sighs> just don't know what to do with. And they're sure that it sets yeah. them apart forever. And I just, it doesn't. I mean, that's like actually one of the weird upsides of the internet is that people can find mm. these tiny subgroups and then get right. in there and discover like, oh, wow, there's a lot of people here talking about mm. this incredible thing that I thought was mine and mine alone. Isn't it interesting how, number one, true this is, and number two, how deeply our instincts want to kick against this? Mm -hmm. Like our instincts tell us the exact opposite of what is true here. They say, don't say this out loud. This is not okay. You are not okay for having said this or done this or thought this. You're alone in it. This is going to push people away from you. I also think that we can reverse that. I believe this is true because in my experience, having now said a hard thing out loud to human people so many times, yeah, like just so many times, I no longer believe that that's going to keep me isolated. I know that what it'll actually do is create connection. Right. And so... I mean, it's like super glue. Yeah. Like, you know, like... It is. You'll never be closer to, to anyone. Those secrets are just so shame-filled. And shame, uh, almost nothing can take us out of our life more than shame can. I know. I think we're finally, like as a culture, I feel like everyone's paying attention to shame now, which yeah. I think might help with parenting. Like, I think it mm. might help parents yeah. be more careful along the way about when they might be like tipping into something that could create shame. That's good. That's good because it metastasizes. Totally. And I mean, I can look even at my own life and chart my worst decisions, my like grossest, basest behavior. And it's almost always tied to shame. Mm. I'm lashing out. I just need it to go somewhere. And so it usually spills out onto somebody else. And so... If we have any antidote to shame, I think it's this, this truth telling, it's powerful. You can set yourself free in like a minute mm. and a half. Like you just say that's it so to good. somebody loving and they'll just hold you. I mean, that's like that's awesome. Right. That is yeah, great it is. news. Like, it's great news. All right, tell me something you believe. Okay. I believe that most people, I'm going to leave a tiny category of people that don't get in here. But I believe that most people are absolutely trying their best. 
I do. I across the board, we've got these stereotypes that we are banding about that are not even true. They're harmful. They're mean spirited. They lack all nuance and they're lazy. Yeah. I mean, and I do it. In, I, ha- I have oh, some of those stories in my head about certain sets of people who have certain sets of beliefs. So like, right. Because we know it's not true because in our real lives, in the flesh and blood lives that we are living, we have real human people that fit those categories in our lives and we love them. Right. We know what a good mom or dad they are. We know how much they care about something they care about. Like we know them in flesh and blood terms, which is to say a whole human person with some really beautiful, lovely parts about them, some things we don't understand or don't agree with. And so my experience of people, not up in at the 35,000 foot level, to me, that's the least true level. Right. The one where we're so high above. This is the Brian Stevenson proximity point. That's exactly right. Which is you cannot make decisions from a mile away. You cannot decide who's good yeah. and bad without talking to them. You can't drive past a prison and and write off everybody right. in it. Like go in. Right. Yeah, exactly. Sit and down. it's just true. And then what you discover, if you can bring that other one in, humility with you, if you're able to bring humility to that space and not just be so concerned with being right, but being connected and to get under the thing. Like what brought you to this place? You know, where right. where did this come from for me? What was your childhood? What did you learn? What did you hear? That's when I find out, oh God, most people are really doing their best. They yes, really are. And probably, the, I mean, the thing I feel a lot is probably if I were born where you were born to the people you were born to, I'd have had the same outcomes and vice versa. Mm. No one is self-made Such, in my opinion. It's Oh, I've written... Billions of words on that. There's no such thing as that. We are products of our environments. We're products of our families of origin and our geography and our subcultures that we didn't choose. Um, that's just what we got. So, once, Not to mention your genetics, which you also didn't choose. Both nature and nurture are not of your choosing. You're right. You're right. Once we can get to a place where we can see that someone is literally doing their best with what they've been handed, yeah. with their history, with their story, with their limits. And of course, this is where a race comes in and gender and sexual identity and whatever intersections people are at where they are marginalized in some way, where they have been harmed or oppressed. That gives me a a deep sense of compassion for people. It makes me want to slow down. It makes me want to be a little more quiet, a little more still in a room, a little more thoughtful and discover, I bet if we give each other 20 minutes, Mm -hmm. we can find 10 things that we absolutely connect on. One of the first episodes we ever did of Kelly Corgan Wonders was with this woman, Wanda Holland Green, who I love, who you would love, you'd do backflips for. Anyway, we tried to imagine some people in public life who we were blaming for all the ills in the world and then tried to do this thought exercise out loud of like, what do we have in common with those people? Mm, And I'll attach the episode to to this one, but it it was such a great- Who'd you say? I'd love to hear your example. It's like people who are across the aisle from us and, you know, sure. or, or whatever those hot button issues are, pro-choice, pro-life or mm-hmm. pro-gun control, yeah. lower gun control, you know, people that you think are like ruining everything. 
Because mm. everybody's got a list. Even the most advanced emotionally, intellectual, sure. morally advanced people still have the list if they're really honest. Mm. And so it was like, what do we have in common with those people? And one of the things that we came to is that we all have bodies. So mm. everybody knows what a bad back feels like. Everybody knows what a headache feels mm. like. At, at a certain age, almost everybody knows what it feels like to be worried mm. that you have some kind of disease that's going to take you out before your time. And that was like the base levels. That's and I, I found that helpful to remember like yeah. that pain is pain and, and then that we are trapped in these physical bodies mm-hmm. and they, that does have a ton of consequences, daily and like existential consequences. Okay, so my okay. last one, it comes out mm-hmm. of my reading. So I think I'll dive yeah. in and yep. then you Perfect. can take us out. Yep. My dad and I both had cancer at the same time. Here's where this starts. Greeny's cancer and mine were both stage three, but he was sicker. The location of the lesions around his bladder, combined with his age, made his case more complicated and less hopeful. One of his doctors told GT in confidence that we should enjoy this year with him. We couldn't imagine Greeny dying. We couldn't even imagine him spending a day in bed. He seemed too vital to die. And I suppose he was because nine months later, after two surgeries and a chemo-radiation combo, Greeny was body surfing at the Jersey Shore, talking about playing pond hockey the next winter. <laughs> I mean, right? It was miraculous, people said. At the very least, it was unexpected, perhaps even unexplainable, though not to my mom, who knew precisely how to account for her husband's recovery. People around the world were praying for your father, she explained. Around the world. This referred primarily to my friend Charlie, who lived in Moscow and had always been fond of my dad. But I hadn't prayed for Greeny. I didn't believe in God enough to submit a request and didn't want to be to borrow from sixth grade parlance, a user who thought she could get what she wanted by conveniently nuzzling up to someone she usually snubbed. After my dad recovered, I talked to Tracy Tuttle about my parents' confidence in prayer and their belief that God had intervened on their behalf. Tracy was not surprised, but she didn't agree either. Rather than praise the inexplicable glory of God, she said, couldn't we exalt the ingenuity of man? Isn't it weird how people want to give all the credit away as if We were useless as if we had no idea how to take care of ourselves or each other. In other words, maybe it wasn't prayer that made Greeny better. Maybe it was the scope with tiny scissors that engineers created and doctors manipulated to remove nine tumors from his bladder or all that chemo or the doctor who managed his case with vigilance. I liked Tracy's take up with people and their hard work and cool inventions. But then I remembered the urologist who had told us to brace for the worst. Ten months later, when he declared my father a healthy man, that same doctor said he couldn't explain how on earth my dad was disease-free. Could I really glorify a doctor who shrugged his shoulders and said my dad's survival was anybody's guess? And between those two poles lay a dozen other possibilities. At this very moment, it's a decent bet that my mom is praying for me and my brothers, who she hopes will inherit her bulletproof faith, but are more likely to drive away with her Navy Buick and a leftover case of Chardonnay she bought at a discount over the state line in Delaware. I'm telling you, Kelly, she has said to me a couple hundred times, prayer is powerful. You should try it. Hmm. The closest I come to prayer is to give a nod of thanks for a just right avocado or an ache that's resolved or a five-star public school teacher like Miss McEwen. At night, after I get in bed and pull my covers around me, I sometimes think, Thank you for this good man beside me and those girls in the other room. I have no specific ideas about who you is. 
In cafes, community bulletin boards scream with beliefs, Tantra, Chai Nee, beading meditation. I once saw a stack of glossy cards promoting the International Clitoris Festival. Praise be to that. (laughs) When I go to Philly, I see gold crosses around the necks of my high school friends. I want to dismiss it all as so much yearning, but really, who am I to say? What if there is something between and around and inside all 7 billion of us? As Voltaire said, doubt is not a pleasant condition, but certainty is absurd. Hmm, so good. I love that reading. Thanks. Did you know more than 75% of Americans experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% seek out a solution for that pain? Your feet don't have to hurt. So let me tell you about Superfeet. Superfeet has a wide range of insoles for every activity, every shoe, and every foot, from cushioned and flexible to firm and supportive. You can dial in your fit by taking their quick quiz online. Answer just a few short questions and Superfeet will recommend the best insole choice for you. Foot biomechanics may be complex, but solving foot pain should be simple. So when you add the signature orthotic shape of Superfeet insoles to your shoes, you give your feet comfort and support where they need it most, helping redistribute forces to reduce stress and strain on your entire body, not just your feet. When your feet feel good, so do you. Your foot health is an important part of your overall well-being. Visit superfeet.com and enter the promo code FTL at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. You guys, how important is sleep temperature? It's everything to me. And this is where Chili Pad by Sleep Me comes in. Its mission is to elevate the quality of human life through cool sleep. The Chili Pad bed cooling system is your new bedtime solution. It lets you customize your sleeping environment to your optimal temperature, ensuring you fall asleep, stay asleep, and wake up refreshed. Chili Pad works with your existing mattress. It's a water-based mattress topper that continuously controls your bed temperature from 55 to 115 degrees. It's designed for one or two sleepers. So if your partner likes to sleep at a different temperature or you only need it for one side of the bed, it still works. I just put this on top of my existing mattress and voila. So whether you're dealing with night sweats or simply seeking a better night's rest, Chili Pad is here to transform your existing mattress into a sanctuary of cool, relief, and comfort. Visit www.sleep.me slash FTL to get your Chili Pad and save up to $315 with code FTL. This offer is exclusively available for the love listeners. Only for a limited time. So order it today with free shipping and try it out for 30 days. You can return it for free if you don't like it with your sleep trial. So visit www.sleep, that's S-L-E-E-P, dot M-E slash F-T-L. Because every woman deserves to wake up feeling refreshed and ready to conquer the day ahead. I'm obsessed. My friend Chelsea was wearing the softest cashmere sweater in that perfect weight for spring. She told me it was under $50, made by a fantastic company named Quince. And I could shop for my laptop which is my dream. So I immediately ordered the cashmere tee. Now I want it in every color. Quince offers staple pieces like Chelsea's Mongolian cashmere sweater, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, classic like 14 karat gold jewelry. You can upgrade your wardrobe with luxury essentials, but unbeatable prices. You guys, seriously, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And I know what you're thinking, but Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible practices 
and premium fabrics, which I love. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash hatmaker for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's quince.com slash hatmaker to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash hatmaker. I love your thoughts on faith and I'm so much more interested these days in curiosity over certainty, so much more interested. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And nowhere is that truer for me than inside faith. I know less and less every single year. Mm -hmm. I just don't know. And maybe that's the, like this core fundamental belief that we're both speaking to, which is it's more interesting and more useful and more comforting and more true to Mm -hmm. live from, I don't know, than to live from, I'll tell you what I know. That's right. That's right. I love thinking about all of it. Your mom, and your, yeah. just with her like ironclad. I know. Catholic faith. I mean, I, I love that for her. That's her story. That's Me too. her way. Me too. That's a thing you learn too, is that we can all love each other and not believe the same yeah. things. Like that. that's, that's just right. not a requirement. Oh gosh. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and right? also that it's not really nice to always be trying it's to good. persuade people out of their beliefs. Like for... I don't know, 20 years, I busted my parents' chaps for using Folger coffee crystals. Like they just will not brew a cup of coffee, even though they have the coffee maker for me and they have the the Uh grinder for the beans. And like, I could make them like a really decent cup of coffee. (laughs) And they say, no, that's fine, Kelly. We're not going to do our Folgers. George, put it in the microwave for me. And it's... You know, you put it in there and then there's like that weird, (laughs) nasty skin on the top. For sure. And like the stain of each crystal on the side of the ceramic mug. And it just just looks so unappetizing. And Uh at some point I was like, it is not your business. That's right. To like talk them out of the way Uh they like coffee, like leave them alone, like whatever. (laughs) So good. But it took having kids and having Uh them, you know, edit me to be like, guess what? Like, this is my haircut. I'm going with it. The bar that I hold around anybody's faith, whatever it is, whatever stripe it is, whatever it's tradition, um, wherever it came from, however deep or shallow it is, however sure or wobbly it is, is that is your version of faith, is it making you kinder? Is it making you more loving? Is it making you more humble? Is it creating peace? around you? Is it good to other people? That's a kind of faith I can get behind. Totally. Um, now, if it's if it's making you mean and angry and hateful and scared, that needs re-examining. Right. So... Yeah, or persecutory. Yeah. Inside those parameters of like peace and love and connection, I'm like, oh, whatever you have in your hand, you're on the right track. I like where your faith is at. And I can connect with that. I hate the way... I mean, I, I don't even know if I can say this, but I, I really hate the way some people who are like hardcore Christians are so yeah. unlike Jesus. Like, oh gosh, Jesus, whether he was the son of God or not, set that aside for a second. As a man, like he was awesome. Like he was taking yeah, care of right. the, he was seeing right past everybody's everything, like lepers and prostitutes, yeah. who cares? That's like right. you're all good Kids, to me and we're women, all the same. Yep. Yeah, yeah. and. And the idea that somehow that would get twisted to to like this finger wagging, mm-hmm. disgust filled mm-hmm. treatment of certain mm-hmm. populations is like crazy to me. Like I remember learning yeah. that like Catholics 
if you get a divorce, you're not really welcome in the Catholic church That's anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that seems crazy to me. Like what, crazy. what kind of setup is uh-huh. that? Like you're down on yeah. your luck and they say, yeah, yeah. sorry. Yeah. I think I learned at the same time that at our country club, if your husband died, you were no longer a member. Guys. And I was like, God, what are these? Com- these <laughs> what like, is this world? Right. These so-called communities that yeah. just absolutely you are blocked and barred yeah. the minute your status right. changes and that the status is related to a man. Like it just bugged me so oh, much. So effed up. And, and then even directing so much vitriol and hatred toward the most marginalized people. You know, it's my position that just in the Christian community, we should be on the front lines at our borders for these terrified refugees who are seeking asylum and they are scared and they are harmed and hurt and oppressed. And instead we make them villains. It makes no sense at all. You know what Gandhi said? I like your Christ. (laughs) I do not like your Christians because your Christians are so unlike your Christ. And I'm like, he's, he nailed it. I sometimes have Um, these really weird moments. I'll confess before you're reading mm -hmm. where I'll see like a a saddest homeless person or a person Mm -hmm. who's clearly like Mm -hmm. trapped in a mental health. Sure. Catastrophe. Mm -hmm. And I think like, is that what you looked like to people? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, are you supposed to be telling us something? And are we supposed to be doing mm-hmm. something about this? Like, is it really okay mm-hmm. that we're just letting this happen? And that these people, like you, sometimes you see the foot mm-hmm. of a homeless person sticking out yeah. from their mm-hmm. cardboard box that they're living in. And you mm-hmm. look at the skin on it and you think, this is yeah. so weird that we're all sort of okay that this is mm-hmm. the way people live. I don't know. That goes back to my earlier point. Like, what would we over me look like across the like tremors of society? Layer by layer by layer, what would be different if we cared for the collective good more than we cared for our own? My last one is going to come out of a reading too, out of fierce. Life is so freaking short. (laughs) I can't believe how fast it's going. With all my being, I don't want to get to the end of it, clutching a shred of anger or resentment. I don't want to die having left things unsaid. I want to feel saturated and rich and grateful. I hope to look back on all my years and see children and grandchildren and friends and neighbors and a community and world that I wildly loved. I want a legacy dripping with human connection up to its eyeballs and memories and adventures and weathered storms and gladness. I hope to leave a wake of victory, a life full of integrity. I want to say it all, risk it all, own it all. We don't have to be scared. Truth is the front door to the life we've always wanted to build. It creates safety for the people we love most on this planet. It bursts through the door and says, hello world, here I am. Truth allows us to be exactly who we are, how we are, walking around in these beautiful bodies with these beautiful minds. It never asks us to be anything except real as real can be. It doesn't lie or ask us to. Truth is on the side of good and right things. It doesn't imprison us alone when life gets hard, but rather hands us the keys and walks us back outside to the sunshine. Truth is a faithful defender against the lies meant to break us. It is ever on our side. Truth helps us set a gorgeous table for the deepest connections, the most absurd displays of love. It never asks us to pretend when we are lonely 
It is our chief guide to joy. Telling the truth, receiving the truth, prioritizing the truth, living the truth. This is life. There is no other way to live free. This is it. This is our path. C.S. Lewis said, you can't go back and change the beginning, but you can start where you are and change the ending. We absolutely can become more genuine women, proud of who we are, thrilled about where we are going, grateful for the skin we live in. We can say hard things and quit lying. We can tell the truth and experience all the freedom that comes with it. Being scared is just not a good enough reason to keep pretending. Do you notice that fear doesn't deliver? Truth is worth its salt. And it feels good to work with its power, not against it. Trust its grain. It knows what it's doing. What's true will last. History usually tells it right. A culture is only as healthy as its most wholehearted members. And it is a privilege to be true-faced with you in our time. Mm. You know what's so important about that is that if you're pretending... Mm. And then you're getting this feedback from the world or your little community. Oh, she's so great. Oh, he's so great. Mm. But you secretly know that they don't even know mm. you. That That's th- right. That they're just so responding lonely. to your pretended version. Oh, God, so lonely. Oh, it's awful. It's awful. Yes, that's right. And I, I think about it a lot for my girls because, you know, they're mm. 18 and 20. So there's just a lot of pretending going on. I, I'm always so happy when I can see, oh, She's really herself with that friend. Yeah. yeah and and yeah. so that friend's love is based on a true version mm-hmm. of her. And so it must feel great. Like that's that's where self-esteem comes from. But if you're a big fakie and then they all love mm-hmm. you for your fake version, then you secretly know, like nobody actually loves me. They just love this mm-hmm. thing I'm doing. That's right. And then you got to keep doing the thing to get the love. Mm-hmm. And you're right. never it's- known. Like nobody ever actually knows what you're really like and the thoughts you really have. I think so many women are living like that. I'm going to take us out on a Kate Bear poem because, you know, we're obsessed with Kate Bear. It's called Moon Song. You are not an evergreen unchanged by the pitiless snow. You are not a photo, a brand, a character written for sex or house or show. You do not have to choose one or the other, a dream or a dreamer, the bird or the birder. You may be a woman of commotion and quiet, magic and brain. You can be a mother and a poet, a wife and a lover. You can dance on the graves you dug on Tuesday, pulling out the bones of yourself you begin to miss. You can Mm. be the sun and the moon, the dance of victory song. Ah, goosebumps. I know. Gorgeous. She's she's like money. Gorgeous. Mm. Thanks, Kate Bear. Thanks, Jen Hat. Absolutely. See you next week. Hey, everybody. Jen here, dropping in with a real quick announcement that we're super excited about. We are launching a premium podcast on Apple Podcasts. So what is a premium podcast? Well, it's the same great show that you've come to know and love every single week, but with a few extra features. Subscribers to the premium podcast will get, first of all, earlier access to the show each week. Also, all of the shows will be commercial free. And finally, we'll have some really great exclusive content from yours truly and extra bonus episodes featuring a variety of amazing guests as well. And all of this goodness starts on Apple Podcasts on July 19th. 
So head on over to For the Love with Jen Hatmaker podcast channel on Apple Podcasts and hit subscribe. It's only $2.99 a month for all these great features, early access, no commercials, and exclusive bonus content. You're going to love it. 